You're listening to the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Alabama first and 10 on the 12. Again, Houston. He's got a hole. He's over. Alabama touchdown. I'm just wondering if your listeners know how good a football player you were. I can still see you playing that fullback, knocking those players out of the, out of the way. And I believe I could have run behind you. Martin, I can remember when we came to center and you were playing fullback up there. And I saw you in the weight room and watched the watched workout in the weight room. If you could pick up, you were strong enough to pick up the whole weight room. I wanted to fix it, and I run him back to the Biggest, biggest mistake we ever made. The Martin Houston Show with national championship winning fullback Martin Houston. Giving you one hour of intense, hard-hitting analysis from an insider's perspective. It's time for the Martin Houston Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Good morning. Welcome into the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9 on your radio dial. The Martin Houston Show can be viewed live on Facebook on several different outlets, including the Martin Houston fan page, as well as Tide 100.9, X's and O Sports, Alabama Tradition, amongst others. Also, you can find us on YouTube at Martin Houston Live and on Twitter at Martin Houston 3-5. We are live, local, and ready to go uh, this morning. So I want to invite you to get in on the conversation at 205-342-9904-205-342-9904. That's the Alabama One Hotline. We are open for business this morning. So uh, let's get things rolling. Uh, as we start the day off and remember this, that this is a day that the Lord has made. So uh, let's rejoice and be glad in it. Take some time today to notice someone, love someone, serve someone, be the difference you want to see in the world today. All right. Uh, as we look at the, the, the content for the today's show, we're going to talk a little Heisman Trophy co- co- uh, conversation. Uh, as there was a release, uh, there, there'll be quite a few different ones. But yesterday, uh, one of the betting outlets uh, gave some odds for the Heisman Trophy candidate uh, candidates uh, on this Alabama football team. So it kind of made me think a little bit about this award and uh, prompted a couple questions that I will uh, ask Joe and Xavier here in just a moment. Also, of course, we have Hank South 247 Sports coming up, uh, and he'll be talking with us about recruiting. Uh, and Herb Street had a little conversation around uh, a couple days ago around the Power Five players deserve shared TV deals, which will make me circle back on the EA Sports uh, sport game coming back out. Will players 
get some of that EA Sports money and TV deal, or are we still going to be fighting in this NIL world for the players to partake in some of the spoils of what they're generating uh, in terms of the big money of TV, first and foremost. And, of course, uh, EA Sports is going to uh, make a load, taking a haul of cash when they release their game next year. So all of that is up for conversation, but you can also uh, bring the topic to the table by calling us once again on the Alabama One Hotline at 205-342-9904 or chat us up uh, in our various uh, social media outlet uh, stream. So let, let us hear from you. Good morning, X. How are you doing, sir? Good morning. I'm doing well. How are you? Doing well. And good morning, Joe. How are you doing, sir? All doing good. Doing good. Oh, awesome. Well, hey, uh, let's. Um, we're not going to spend as much time on the, the grading today because what I'm going to do is after I started thinking about it uh, in a conversation yesterday, uh, that, that maybe it's better instead of ranking these groupings because it's, sometimes it's kind of hard to rank these groupings and probably unfair to, to, to say, but we can't give a grade based on what we think and, and the criteria. So uh, I thought it'd be good to grade them on the position grouping and, and, and maybe the coach uh, that's coaching that grouping. So we'll quickly go back over to O-line and tight ends, which uh, we, we've talked about for a, a couple of days. And then, Today, we'll add the D-line to the conversation and give them a grade. So when you look at the the um, O-line uh, position and uh, their, their grade, um, uh, we, we, both, uh, all, we both had them somewhere probably in all of us, I should say, probably had them somewhere in the, the bottom three as far as position groupings. But that doesn't mean that we don't give them a passing grade. What grade would you give this Alabama O-line based on potential, talent, uh, experience, and their coach? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, just one grade for all of those or separate grades? No, um, I mean, you, the, the coach, you can give a separate grade, but kind of grade the offensive line kind of based on – when you, you you can talk about each one of those, but the, the grade based on the players and then the coach, you can give a separate grade. Uh, I, I will go with based off of just potential. This offensive line has has the chance to be an A plus, uh, but with what we've seen, uh, what we have coming back, and the lack of current camaraderie as far as that starting five group, I'm going to have to give them a B. And I think Coach Wolford can definitely get them up there. So I'm going to give him an A-plus as well because of everything that I've heard about him from current players and future players. Uh, he seems like he could be one of the top offensive line coaches in the country. So potential A-plus, current grade B, head coach or position coach is an A-plus as well. What about you, Joe? 
Uh, I think Xavier's pretty close there. I'm going to go probably overall about a B-plus overall. But, uh, yeah, you break it down, and your potential is, uh, is very high. Your potential a is an A, A-plus. But, you know, based on production from last year, probably got to give him about a B-minus, a C-plus. Uh, and then, yeah, I'm excited about Eric Wolford. I think that he's probably about an A-minus, you know, a, a kind of a coach. So I think if you package it all together with the talent, with the potential, with the coach, I, I think you're probably looking at about a B-plus. And I think we all kind of got him in that same grade um, as you go into the season in that B, uh, B-plus range. Um and, and, and I'm gonna tell you, I'm, I'm 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 tempted to give them an A already, because of the young men we had on the radio, especially J.C. Latham, um, Joe, and Xavier. When you go back to the conversation he had he had with us here on the Martin Hughes show, but also with Ryan Fowler, and said that the entire offensive line felt like last year was a failure. Right. So. Um, so they felt like it was a failure and felt like that they left a lot on uh, the field. And so they want to redeem themselves. So that when you take a bunch of four or five stars that feel um, disrespected, not because they, 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 they were not respected, but disrespected because they didn't live up to their own expectations, that can have huge impact on the type of offseason they had, uh, and what they do. Then you throw in Coach Wolford, who they also communicated, Joe, what was the biggest thing, takeaway you had in terms of what Coach Wolford was bringing to this offensive line? Uh, just the hands-on approach is what it seemed. It, it seemed like he was um, – it seemed like he was he, – he, I mean, the players made it seem like he was been, he was more technical and gave a more of a more hands-on approach than uh, Coach Doug Marone. Yeah, and, and to me that that's why I I'm gonna go with B plus, and I'm gonna ask you, and I'm gonna give Coach Wolford an A plus uh, based on what what he did at Kentucky, guys. Uh, how the Kentucky offensive line uh, was getting talked about uh, based on what J.C. Latham said, based on what Damon George said based on what Ken Redolph said, and based on what Wilkin Formby said. Uh, I'm going to just say, okay, the guy's an A-plus, I see otherwise. But with that, that uh, project what you think their grade's going to be at the end of the year. Where do you I'm going to give him a – oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to give giving him an A. I think this offensive line has the chance to be really special. And I think it starts with what you look at in the middle three guys with uh, Javion Cohen, uh, most likely Seth McLaughlin, if not him, Darren Dalcourt, and Emil Ikior. I think those three guys are going to be what Alabama builds this offensive line around, you know, truly going from the inside out. And then I think between the combination of J.C. Latham, uh, not Anthony Steen, <laughs> uh, Tyler Steen, and – Kendall Randolph, those three guys setting up the corner on the, on the offensive line. I think this offensive line can be really good and protect Bryce and help in the running game a lot. So I'm going to give him an A for the end of the season as a projected grade. Uh, yeah. 
Go ahead. Yeah, I think so. I th- I mean, I think Xavier's got spot spot on. Now, I mean, they've got to do what we've talking about. They've got to gel yeah. and, and and find cohesion. But uh, I, I definitely think they can go up from B plus to an A A plus level. I mean. Well, it was only two years ago where we had the Joe Moore winning offensive line. Now, no, right. they're not really all the same. I guess Ekior is probably the only guy that's still there and with that group. But I think the you know we've been recruiting at such a high level. These guys could be an A A plus unit. Yeah, and when you think about this, I throw this out to you guys as well. Um, when we talk to those guys, man, they had a lot of praise, and and I talked to them offline. Um, as well. You know who they had a lot of praise for this offseason? Dalcourt. You know, so um, that's going to make this offensive line even more interesting. Seth McLaughlin ended the season playing at a, at a high level um, and, and, and was a better performer. But if you were to ask me which guy I think is the most talented, I would say that that I think that Dalcourt is probably a more talented center uh, than McLaughlin, and the reason what I'm what I'm intrigued by, and I'll let you guys give your responses, and we'll get the break here. But what about do you think um, uh, a guy like Dalcourt who may have struggled with signal calling and, and communication? Having a hands-on coach like Wolford, does it does it take him from a a, a C plus player to a B plus A minus player, and 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 does he have a greater uh, ceiling than than McLaughlin? And with coaching, can he get there? Your thoughts, real quick. I definitely think he can get there with the correct coaching, but I don't know if. We can it can it be better than than what we truly saw from McLaughlin at the end of the season? Talent doesn't always mean that you play better. There's been a lot of talented guys from just that standpoint that have stood on the sideline at Alabama and guys quote unquote less talented than them that have gotten on the field. If he is the best guy and he gives Alabama the best chance to win at center, if he can improve on the areas that he struggled in last year. Let's go with him, but I, I can't go against Seth McLaughlin as uh, as of right now with the way he finished last season. I think uh, McLaughlin. I think he's a fine player, but I think Dalcourt gets the gets the nod for more of a natural ability. And if if Eric Wolford is uh, get, cleaning him up on the on the calls and uh, he's healthy, I think he's probably going to get the first nod. Yeah, and that's that's my point, uh, Joe. Is is that. McLaughlin, um, you know, um, the um, when you look at Dow Court, you look at the overall talent and ability if it's coached correctly. You're, you're right, Xavier. Talent doesn't mean anything, it just means potential. Uh, but if talent is uh, coached up uh, and corrected, if he if 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 what's the name expected Dalcourt to just learn the calls, and he didn't, and he didn't go back in and teach him, Dalcourt struggled. If McLaughlin was a guy who naturally would study, learn, and picked it up, then it gave him the advantage. And I think that's what you could have seen down 
the road. Uh, Curtis Lewis asking a couple questions this morning. We'll address on us. How do you project a grade? You project a grade, Curtis, based on what you think the potential is going to be. Uh, you know, if you look at the at them and you give them a grade based on what you know right now, um, you're giving it based on you know uh, those those attributes, and you project on how you think the team's going to progress. So I wanted to address that question. Uh, you project the grade of where you think they are today and the growth that you think they'll have over the course of the season. That's how you project the grade. Now, he did ask an interesting question that maybe we can look at somewhere else down the road. Rank the position coaches uh, in relationship to other SEC coaches at that position. That's something I'd have to do a lot more research on, uh, but that would be an interesting thing because Alabama and Nick Saban is always accused of having the best players and the best coaches. Um, but is that necessarily true? Coming back on the other side, we'll talk about uh, tight ends, D linemen uh, as well. And, of course, we said we're going to get into some Heisman Trophy conversation. We may have to kick that can down the street because we'll kick off the second half with Heisman, uh, with our recruiting guru, Hank South, joining us in the second half. We have more conversation coming up right here on the Martin Houston Show on your home, the home of Alabama sports, Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the towns and Nissan traffic center, no active wrecks as we get started on a steamy Thursday morning. It's going to be another hot one, so just be careful out there. And if you see conditions, just give me a call, 205-886-8886. Now you can get a lifetime powertrain warranty on a used vehicle, too, at no extra charge. From towns and Nissan, they're your hometown dealer. I'm Captain Ray. Tide 100.9. Where on earth did he come from? Present movies in the park. Take good care of that old yellow dog. It all happens at Government Plaza on Saturday nights for free. So be sure to bring lawn chairs, blankets, coolers, but no alcohol. Food trucks will be on site. All brought to you by Pepsi, Tuscaloosa Tourism and Sports, and First Baptist Church of Tuscaloosa. This Saturday, June 25th, featuring the movie Old Yeller. Try it again, sister. Old Yeller will bust you wide open. For more details and full movie lineups, swipe open the free Tuscaloosa Thread app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Cloudy and hot today, only a tiny chance for an isolated shower storm. 96 to 98 today, top high. Heat index values approaching dangerous levels, so take it easy out there. Fair tonight with a low of 70, more of the same tomorrow with a high near 97. I mean, you're all just Bill Murray on Tide 100.9. It's 73 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Scott Smith and Southmark Design doing business for 17 plus years, specializing in graphic design services, commercial printing, promotional products, advertising specialties, and so much more. Basically, any and everything you would need to advertise, promote, and grow your business. Through strong partnerships, strong customer service, and creative ideas, they'll help you market and grow your business. Give Scott a call at 205-292-4680 or email scottis at comcast.net and visit them online at southmarkdesign.com. Keep it locked into Tide 100.9 for more of the Martin Houston Show with Martin Houston and X's and O's Sports, Xavier Houston.
Welcome back into the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9. Uh, you're in the conversation, and we want to thank you for being a part of the conversation. Remember Alabama One, a uh, great supporter of the community, a uh, great uh, advocate for uh, financial wellness, great advocate for community, uh, and a great option for your financial needs. Right now, go take advantage of the current promotion where you can get interest rates as low as 1.99 on commercial and ag equipment, as well as on boats, RVs, toys. That promotion uh, scheduled to run out uh, uh, as far as the big green egg. Uh, you can get that, uh, but that promotion, if you want to get in on it, you only have a week or so uh, to win that big green egg if you qualify for a loan. Go to alabama1.org or stop by one of our 18 branch locations. And let's go ahead and get Greg from Alabaster in. Uh, Greg, you're in with the Martin Houston Show with Martin and Xavier on Top 109 on the Alabama One Hotline. What's on your mind, sir? Uh, good morning, Martin. I was uh, going back hit the offensive line, especially when you were talking about Derry Dalcourt. I kind of understand where you're going with him, but the part that concerns me more about him is he had two years previous before Doug Marone that he played a lot of ball. And when he came in as a freshman, he was being touted as basically going to be groomed to, to be the starting center because of all the talent that you can see. He's, he's got, he, he shows all the measurables, but when the light came on, he didn't progress. And that, that's, that's my biggest concern there. So, but, but is that progression that, based on coaching? That you, just because the kid has talent, Greg, um, yeah. and, and Curtis Lewis, Curtis Lewis is, is saying the same thing. He says nobody has accused Bama of having the best D.C. in four years or even O.C. last year. Bama has all four and five stars, so projecting flaw, is flawed, proven by last year. It's flawed. But that's what a projection is. You project based on if certain things happen. Uh, and projecting the offensive line as a whole is saying that if here, – here's my criteria for this. Right now, this team will be a this, – this offensive line, I could go coach them, and they probably would be a B-minus at worst. Okay? Let's, let's mm -hmm. just be real. Right? Dalcourt could play. Dalcourt could play at worst. But with a good coach, he might play at a B plus level. They might play at a B plus level. With a great coach who has time, who who motivates, instructs, uh, corrects, keeps engaged, finds the right grouping, puts the right uh, emphasis on the right things at the right time. A kid, think, okay, uh, Greg, are you old enough to remember Jay Barker? Oh, oh, most definitely. He he was out talented time what, time and time again, but he kept beating everybody out. But but here's the thing: what did Jay? How did Jay Barker end his career? Where did he end his career at? Winning starting in New York. Exactly. Okay, but what changed? Uh, he outworked. He outstudied. No, 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 no. 
Mal Moore to who? To Homer Smith. Gary Hollingsworth, when I stepped foot on campus, Gary Hollingsworth was, Greg, didn't even get on the field. Listen, they used to make us run, Greg, um, as freshmen, my freshman year. They used to make us run on Friday morning before the team, before school started, because we were not traveling, okay? And then they uh-huh. made us come back and run on Sunday under Bill Curry. They called it a cardiovascular flush, okay? That was <laughs> under, that was under Bill Curry. The, Gary Hollingsworth was running with us, the true freshman. Right. He wasn't even on the well, travel squad. He wasn't even on the travel squad. We went into the season, and no one expected Gary Hollingsworth to play, including Gary Hollingsworth. When Gary, right. when, when Jeff Dunn got hurt against Kentucky in 1989, against Kentucky, the second game of the season, and Gary had to go in, if you all could go back and find the film, he couldn't find his helmet. But he, like went on to break, yeah. he went on to break every single record that season. The next year, we got a new coaching staff, Gene Stallings and Mal Moore, and Gary was good, but he was nowhere near as good as he was the year before. Coaching uh, can make a difference, uh, and that's what we're saying about Wolford with this O line. And maybe, and maybe, and maybe Wolford does that with Dalcourt specifically because, hey, listen, would you rather start working with if you were a coach? And and and, and I, I I let you respond. Would you rather start working um, with uh, uh, Dow Court or McLaughlin? Oh, measurable Dow Court hands yeah. down. I mean, right? And and th- yeah, this is this is the question that I've got. I mean, because I'm taking because Dow Court's a senior this year, so he spent two years under Kyle Flood, and then last year under Marone. Did Marone undo everything in two years? I'm, that's my that. And I, I'm, am I rooting against kid? No. It, it just this is my question: is so where does he really lie? And we won't know until the proof's in the pudding until we go through fall practice. And that that's yeah. my that's my only that's my only thing about this is he had. And I, I will I'll ask you this question and see where you go. Um, Kyle Flood versus Wofford. How close are they? As far as coaching ability, where did Cal Flood come from? Rutgers, but was he not an NFL guy? Uh, as well? No, he was an NFL guy and came down. He was an assistant I'm say um, that again. What, offensive line coach. What was it? What was Cal Flood? He was an assist, he, he, uh, the assistant offensive line coach. No, no, I'm saying he that, that he, maybe. He, Maybe maybe he came in with that same NFL mentality. I'll let Xavier and Joe respond. I, when you look at um, Dalcourt, I, I think, as you said, he has every measurable and all the talent. And it's something to me about the way all of these guys from, like we said, Wilkin Formby, one of the top offensive linemen in the country, coming 
out of high school uh, for next year's class. And then you, you hear J.C. Latham, the number one tackle. You hear Damian George, who who is a, a high recruit as well. And they all say the same thing about just how involved he is and how he's breaking it down, how he, he teaching them from the ground up. And maybe that's what Dalcourt needs. You know, you're talking about two NFL guys where their expectations tend to be a little bit more of, hey, you should already know this, versus a guy that's hands-on teaching you every step of the way. Joe, any thoughts? I, I, I can, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Greg. No, I was going to say I can agree with every bit of that. It's just that that's my question is, you know, um, some players, you know, just, I don't know. There's some players that don't practice well. There's some players that practice well and don't play well. And I think we need to reassess. Dalcourt was not a bad player. We, we're we're no. talking about Dalcourt like he was garbage uh, in, in some of the And I don't mean to make it sound like that. I'm sorry yeah. if I do. No, 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 no. I'm just saying in general. We're, 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 we're making it sound like McLaughlin was Evan Neal uh, – to to um, Owens, we had like it's that much of a gap. Like we had like we're talking about Evan Neal, or we're gonna play Evan Neal, or we're gonna play Chris Owens. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about J Javion Cohen and 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 and, and maybe uh, Ikior that maybe a little injured. There's not this big huge gap between McLaughlin. McLaughlin was a better communicator. He was a better communicator, in my opinion. What changed when McLaughlin came in was not his ability. It was his communication. Okay? And if that can be corrected, then – and plus, don't forget, I don't know how long – we don't know how long Dalcourt was injured. Um, so – and that that and we don't know how much that impacted. Maybe he made calls and then he couldn't perform them. I don't know. But anyway, we got to get the break here. You got Hank South. But, man, great conversation, great perspective. And um, it's going to make it fun to watch uh, to see uh, Alabama have a competition. Uh, I'd much rather be going into the spring with a former starter uh, competing to win his job back. And, and from what we heard from the other guys, the thing that encourages me the most is that Dalcourt has been the one of the most engaged guys this offseason and a leader in the workout program through spring practice and into the summer, even though he was not starting and playing. To me, that I is... I agree 100%. That is so huge um, because he could have been a cancer, and we were all talking about that he would transfer, and we hear that he actually is the most engaged. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate you, sir. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. Have a great day. All right, come back on the other side. We'll bring in Hank South, 247 Sports, Bama Online Recruiting. Hello, this is Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show, and I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors, Overflow Express Wash. Their mission is to provide great customer service with a showroom clean car and an exceptional customer service 
experience. They have the basic car wash that starts at $7, but you need to check out the premium wash packages, which start as low as $12 and go up to $20. They also have a membership wash club that you can get for starting at $23.99, going up to $39.99. In other words, just double the regular premium package, drop a penny, and you can be one of the great members of Overflow Express Wash. My family and I keep our cars looking good inside and out by using Overflow Express Wash. They're located on Skyland Boulevard right next door to Alabama One, or you can find them online at overflowexpresswash.com. Andy Phillips and his team look forward to making you a part of their team. Nick Saban calls it the process. John Maxwell said that everything rises and falls on it. And Coach Wooden said, it's what you learn after you think you know it all that makes the difference. What am I talking about? Leadership and personal development. Is your organization, your school, your church, your family, are they receiving the proper level of leadership development and personal development? If not, the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring can help you with that. We have our pep talks, which is a one to one and a half hour lunch and learn, which we can customize to meet your needs. Or we have some topics that we present that we know can help your organization. And if you're looking for one-on-one mentoring and coaching, we can also assist you with that. Visit peptalks35.com. That's peptalks35.com. Or send an email to martin at martinhouston.org. That's the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring. Welcome back to the Martin Houston Show. The sound of Bama sports. Your show, your team, on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back in to the Martin Houston Show. Excited about the opportunity we have each and every day to talk to you about Bama sports uh, and all its different facets and Great conversation today around the offensive line uh, so far and giving them a grade. Uh, most of us giving uh, them uh, around that B plus with the potential to be an A graded team. Uh, either way, Nick Saban in recruiting always looks to upgrade. Uh, and we'll see uh, what Hank thinks, thinks about uh, the upgrade they made this week. Good morning, Hank. How you doing, sir? Hey, good morning, Martin. I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Well, uh, well, Hank, we'll we'll start right off. Uh, Nick Saban getting uh, one of the first offensive linemen uh, of this class, a very stout offensive line class based on the rankings this year, uh, getting a local kid right out of his backyard um, uh, for for. For two reasons, I mean, I'm not, not say for two reasons. Is this important uh, for two reasons? Is it important that he get a Wilkin Formby because uh, he, you know, of his talent level, but also because he's in his backyard uh, and you don't want somebody coming into your backyard taking uh, your better players? Yeah, no, I, I, I think you hit it right on the head there. Um, you know, obviously, you know, you want to keep your 
the, the kids you want at home, you want to keep those kids home. Uh, you know, obviously in-state recruiting is kind of the lifeblood of your program. Um, and when you have a top target in state, um, you know, you, you want to keep them there if you, if, uh, if you can. And you know, there, there's been guys before local or in-state guys that, you know, Bama hasn't really pushed for and, and they've gone elsewhere. Um, but Will Conformity was certainly a big target um, at a big position to need in this class. And, um, I mean, you, you look at his offer list, it, it, was, it was pretty loaded. He chose Bama over, um, over Ole Miss. Uh, Oklahoma, Tennessee, he had a bunch of other offers. Um, but, I mean, just a really big-time prospect, um, top 100-ranked recruit. Um, real, uh, you know, like I said, just a massive frame, has really good length, really athletic. Um, you know, I think I think a kid that has, you know, really high ceiling, um, definitely best football ahead of him still as he continues to develop. So, um, yeah, to get this class started off with, uh, and like you said, you, you kind of mentioned it, um, you know, it's, it's a really strong offensive line class overall in the country for the class of 2023, though. So to, um, you know, to take a commitment, uh, that, that just says kind of, um, how highly Bama thinks of him to take a commitment from him, considering you're in, you're in the mix for guys like, you know, Caden Proctor, um, Francis Maligoa, a bunch of five star recruits, um, you know, but, you know, Will Conformby has always also been a top target. So, Nice pickup for Alabama, commitment number five in the class, and uh, you know, first of what should be busy few weeks ahead. Yeah, awesome. Like like that last statement uh, you made. I'll come back to that, but uh, it's been interesting uh, since he's committed. Just to hear more conversation uh, around it. It is. Uh, it, they 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 said he literally right up to the last minute did not know where he was going to go. And uh, Pat, who we're getting ready to bring in, will appreciate this. They said Nick Saban did a closeout sale on him uh, that flipped him and pushed him over the edge because he loved himself some Lane Kiffin. And uh, one of his concerns was, would Lane be there for the entirety of his con- his you know, tenure. So, uh, and Nick Saban said, told him I ain't going nowhere. So, uh, interesting close out there by, by Saban, but Pat, you're in with, uh, Hank South, two, four, seven sports, yeah. Bama online recruiting, uh, on the Alabama one hotline. What's on your mind, sir? Martin, you know what to say to get the, uh, blood flow rushing. Uh, anyway, I want to get two questions and then Hank just touched on it, that I am hearing that, uh, both Proctor and oh Mala Gaida Gaida <laughs> hey the guy at IMG that uh, yeah. are extremely high on Alabama and that it looks like we're gonna get both of them oh Hank oh are you are you in agreement with that yet or not Yeah no I I, I wouldn't put the crystal ball picks in yet, but um, you know, I wouldn't really disagree with it. Um, last week we reported that, uh, you know, Bama really, out of all the official visitors from the weekend before last, you know, I think they really kind of set up, set themselves up nicely with Caden Proctor. Um, and then obviously coming out of that visit, he, uh, he eliminated three of his top programs and, and left it down to, um, to Alabama and Iowa. Um, and so, you know, being in the top two right there, you're, you're in a pretty good spot. Uh, you know, now the big question is, is he going to stay home or is he, is he going to come to Alabama? And, you know, I, I think, I think Bama really, uh, you know, 
is in a good spot for him right now. So Caden Proctor, you know, out of those two, I, would, I think I would, I would probably pick him. But, you know, you look at Francis Maligoa, the IMG connection. Um, he spent a lot of time with uh, with Tyler Booker, J.C. Latham. Um, certainly um, those guys and, and then obviously, the, you know, <coughs> recruiting pitch as well. So, um, you know, I, I think they really, they really impressed him as well. He's still got a pretty big list of schools he's looking at uh, compared to Caden Proctor, who's down to two. But, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't argue with someone if they were, if they were picking, picking Bama for both um, uh, Maligoa and, and Proctor at this point. All right. Now, next question is, can either one of those three, the one that we just got formed for me, oh, Proctor or IMG, can any one of those three uh, be moved to an interior lineman job? Uh, because, hey, there are three very good athletes that you want on the field. Is that possible? Yeah, yeah I, I think absolutely. You know, um, you know, I think Form B could be a guy that you look, you look at for that. Uh, I think they all could. You know, I think they all have that um, ability to kind of move around. Uh, so, yeah, that, that, that's one thing Bima looks at. In these positions, uh, really all positions, is just their versatility and kind of what they can do with you, um, you know, once they get you on campus. So, okay. um, yeah, yeah, I think it's possible. All right. And last last thing is that uh, I'm, I'm hearing two JUCOs, uh, one in uh, Justin Jefferson, a linebacker out of Pearl, and uh, also Malik Benson. Uh, coach doesn't bring in JUCOs unless they're going to play. Oh, tell me about Justin Jefferson because oh, that uh, he is being highly recruited out of JUCO now. Yeah, and he had a really, really strong. Yeah, he had a really, really. Justin Jefferson had a great camp. Um, he got his offer from Bama uh, prior to uh, camp season. Uh, he had a really good uh, JUCO season, and then uh, and then a really good. Uh, you know they liked him when they saw him in spring as well, but um, he came out to camp and had a had a really great workout, and that kind of that kind of uh, pushed over um, you know his his status um, on ben, Bama's target list. You know he's a priority target now, um, so big time target. You know I think Bama's in good shape for Justin Jefferson as well, um, and then Malik Benson we saw um, take all of his official all of his official visits this past month. Um, he's got a top five he's working with, but. Um, he announced yesterday he's going to make a commitment on July 5th. So he's making a decision upcoming here in the next couple of weeks. Um, I think, you know, Bama, Tennessee race, you know, I think Bama's in good shape after that official visit. And, you know, he's a massive target at that wide receiver spot. Um, big time, big time recruit, um, elite speed, had a really good freshman season at the JUCO level, um, and a guy that plans to early enroll. So a guy you can get in there next year can play immediately and, could potentially be one of those one and done type recruits. So, um, you know, he, he's a uh, big time target. And like you said, yeah, they, they don't recruit Juco guys unless they think they can come in and make an immediate impact. And both Benson and, and Jefferson, um, I think, can certainly do that. Good Thanks. deal. All right. Thank you, Hank. Y'all have a blessed day. Bye bye. Thanks. Yes, uh, Thank you. All right. X. How are you doing this morning, Hank? Hey, good man. How are you? Good, good. So speaking of the wide receiver position, we've seen Ohio State come out and have just massive success this week. When you look at Carnell Tate, Brandon Ennis, Noah Rogers, three of the top wide receivers in this 2023 class, all commit in short time to Ohio State. 
where does that leave Alabama when it comes to looking at the wide receiver position from the high school rank? Yeah, really the only um, the guy out of that trio that went to Ohio State, um, Bama was recruiting heavily, was Brandon Ennis. Obviously, he was a top target. Um, Carnell Tate and Noah Rogers both had offers, but um, weren't really mentioned in the in the big picture in terms of uh, you know guys Bama was heavily involved for. Um, so you know, it still leaves Bama in a strong position. You know, there's still there's still guys out there. We just mentioned Malik Benson. Uh, he's priority target, number one JUCO prospect in the country. Um, I think Bim is in solid shape for him. But you know, beyond him, they they still got uh, you know guys like Cole Adams, the receiver from Oklahoma that they hosted for an official visit earlier this month. He's been a big target. Um, Jalen Hale, the four-star wide receiver from Texas. Um, and then you know, moving beyond that, that there's um, there, there's a handful of other guys. I know a kid that recently. Um, recently decommitted from Clemson might be involved. Uh, Bama might be involved in defense. Nathaniel Joseph, he's a guy that um, Bama hosted um, last summer for camp. He got an offer. He had a really strong camp performance. Um, so he's a guy that, that's that been um, heavily involved. They recently hosted uh, Shelton Sampson, the five-star receiver from Baton Rouge, um, Hakeem Williams. So a bunch of options. And, and, and again, you're coming off a class where you signed a bunch of receivers, so um, you know it's it's not the biggest position of need in 2023. But obviously, you know you want to hit at every position when you can. So um, you know the, the the couple guys, two or three guys you're going to get, you want to make sure they're big targets, and they still have uh, a lot of guys ahead of them um, on the list, or a lot, a lot of guys you know they could still pick from um, on their recruiting board. All right, and I know we gave Wilkin Formby some love. Uh, committing to Alabama, but for some local uh, kids that have committed recently, you have Ethan Crawford going to Southern Miss, the quarterback from Hillcrest. And he also had two teammates in Colin Dunn, who is an athlete, most likely going to play safety, go to Kansas State, and uh, Anias Harris, an offensive lineman from Hillcrest, going to Southern Miss as well. Is there any other guys in this 2023 class from the local area that are getting looked at 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 big-time D1 schools? Yeah, you know, um, I think, you know, you look back at Northridge, it's not 2023, but 2024 is T.J. Banks, who's a a big-time prospect, um, cornerback that has a Bama offer. I think he's a guy that could could potentially end up, um, you know, is – as a Bama commit, um, you know, but uh, in terms of just local, um, beyond that, you know, obviously Peter Woods, he's coming, he's up coming on a big decision, um, from Alabaster. Five star defensive lineman on July 8th, he's going to be announcing his commitment. Um, you know, you got Kelby Collins, you got, um, you know, there's a, there's a ton of in state kids that, that, you know, they're still heavily in play for. A lot of people have said, you know, they saw AJ Harris commit to Georgia and, or, or these other in state, uh, uh Marion Parker committed to Penn State, and everyone's kind of wondering, you know, what are what are these in-state, when are these in-state kids going to start committing to Bama? Obviously, we saw Formby pop the other day, um, but, you know, there's still, that's just how deep the in-state class is. There's still, you know, dozen guys you, you could say, well, Bama's still recruiting these guys like James Smith, um, Quay Rousseau, Peter Wood, Shelby Collins, or Quasi McKeldery. So, um, I think the in-state um, is, in-state recruiting is still very, very active for Alabama and still one that Bama's really going to take advantage of, especially with the guys. They, I mean, you know, they have Yonze Pierre already on board, and he had very, very strong camp performance this past weekend, um, impressed the staff, kind of already solidified what they already thought of him. 
Uh, they got him, Wilkin Formby, um, and Jaleel Hurley, obviously, already on board. All right. Uh, thanks. Uh, Hank, we actually got uh, another caller um, that, that just popped in. Alan is on hold for you. Alan, you're in with Hank South 247 Sports Bama Online Recruiting uh, on the Alabama One Hotline. What's on your mind, sir? Hey, good morning, gentlemen. How y'all doing today? Well, it's yeah. more of an observation than anything. It's more to you also, Martin. Uh, some years back, um, especially 2010, when, when our coach statement first got to Bama, people feared us. People feared the defense. People feared the offense. You know, when we played the field, though, they had, at halftime, they're jumping up and down. We we're beating them by, what, 14 or 21 points. But for them, that was a victory because they were supposed to get beat by 50 points by halftime. Do y'all think that we're going to get that mentality back? Because I think that's what we're lacking on both sides of the ball is people afraid of Bama. And that's not happening right now. Okay. Uh, uh, Alan, let me, let me, uh, since that's, uh, and Hank, you can speak to that if you want, but Hank. since Hank is more of a recruiting guy, uh, I'm, I'm going to hold your question on that. Hank, you want to speak to that, Hank? I'll just say, you know, I think if any year that's going to, you know, really come back, it's probably this year. I think it's pretty scary having, you know, Will Anderson and Dallas Turner coming off the edge. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think they kind of have this mentality, that mentality of, this team with these guys coming back and the leadership they have, I think this is the year that they could really kind of, um, you know, any for any, you know, for that being lost, that mentality being lost for whatever, um, you know, I think this could be the year that it comes back. Yeah, and I, I'll tell you real quick, Alan, uh, when we had J.C. Latham on a couple weeks ago, he said that the offensive lines uh, mantra, a word, uh, whatever, one of the words that they're, putting on their backs is to dominate. Uh, so, um, you know, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, the the intimidation thing uh, still exists for a lot of people, but there's been a few teams that have had success uh, and those teams don't fear and they shouldn't because they've had the success. But um, uh, as Coach Stalin say, some of them just walking, whist walking through this, uh, whistling while they walk through the cemetery, they're pretending like they're not scared, but they still are. So, uh, but we got to get a little more dog back in us and a little more intimidation. And, and I, I think that uh, we got some guys that, that want to see that and do that. So we'll see if it's able to happen. Thanks, Alan. All right. Thank you. Have a good day. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, <laughs> the the um, question I have for you, Hank, um, is um, two, two things. One is, uh, one of the positions that we've uh, talked about a little bit um, this year has been the tight end position. Uh, where does Alabama stand with um, uh, the big four-star uh, tight end uh, out of or uh, Cal California Central Catholic School? Um, 6'6", 230, uh, Mr. Riley Williams, where does he stand in terms – or where does Bama stand with him? Yeah, I, you know, obviously the top three he announced on earlier this week that he's announcing a decision on July 1st. So he'll be having a commitment a couple weeks or I guess next week, whenever that is. Um, and he's down to Bama, Oregon, or Bama, I'm sorry, Bama, uh, Miami, and uh, Ohio State. So he's from Oregon, um, and now he's eliminated Oregon. But um, obviously, you know, he has Miami in there. He has the former ties to the 
Mario Cristobal, Oregon staff. So that, that's certainly a school high on his list. But um, I, I think Bama really wowed him and his family on his official visit, too. So, you know, I think it's probably a Bama-Miami race down the stretch. Um, and we'll see, you know, if, if they can win out down, down uh, you know, at the end. You know, his, his big uh, – we talked to his dad after his official visit, and his whole thing was, you know, if you want to get developed for the NFL, Bama's the place to go. So, you know, you look at a program that's like that, and obviously, you know, Miami's got the uh, the tradition and the prestige and, and all that, but uh, yeah, they're they're in somewhat of a uh, rebuild, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Is that a good word for Miami right now? <laughs> they're uh, they're in transition, transition. Um, so you know they they've got talent certainly, and they're going to recruit really well. But you know if you uh, it's whether you want to go be a part of that upcoming program or do you want to go where you know you you kind of. The, the bar's already been set. So uh, I think that's going to be a big question with Riley Williams. But I think, you know, Bama's got a shot for him. All right. And uh, last question for you, Hank. Uh, I did not get to see the kid's name, but someone f- yesterday flashed a picture of Coach uh, uh, with a 6'6", 280-pound eighth grader uh, <laughs> at camp uh, wearing a number seven jersey, I think. Uh, who, yeah. who is this kid? I mean, have you seen that? Yeah, um, I, there might have been as crazy as the might have two, but the one they um, at camp last weekend they offered um, Jakeem Stewart yeah. out of um, um, totally drawing a blank of where he came from. <laughs> I think Mississippi. Uh, no, yeah. Louisiana. I'm sorry, um, but uh, yeah, no, he he's a six six two eighty eighth grader. Yeah, going to be a ninth grader in, in a couple weeks uh, when he starts high school football. But uh, got a Bama offer, and uh, yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of uh, Jaheim Otis. You know, it was kind of the same thing. You know, years back when there was this kid at, at camp in middle school, it was just massive. Uh, they offered him, and then you didn't hear about him for a couple of years, and he blew back onto the scene, and uh, obviously ended up at Bama. Uh, so yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see. He's got four years of high school to go, so. Uh, I don't think he's making a decision anytime soon. And if he did, it probably wouldn't end up sticking. It was a commitment right now. But, uh, yeah, Jakeem Stewart's a, a name to watch. Yeah, Jakeem Stewart. The thing about Jakeem Stewart is he looked, he, he didn't look like he had a bit of fat on him. Uh, he was like he was tall, lean, and, and extremely athletic. Uh, the, the joke the guy and I had, Hank, was um, – that uh, he, he he may end up being seven three, you know. Uh, you don't never know with a kid's in eighth grade at that size. He could end up being a, a basketball player versus football. But anyway, Hank, tell our listeners where they can find you. Yeah, benonline.com, and then uh, my Twitter handle is at Hank South two four seven. All right, that's at Hank South two four seven Sports. Bama Online Recruiting. Uh, thanks, Hank. We'll catch up with you next week. Yes, sir. Thanks for. All right. Well, that wraps up this edition of the Martin Houston Show. Uh, X, thank you, sir, for being a part of the program today. Appreciate you. Thanks, Joe, for pressing all the right buttons. Thanks to all the callers, listeners, viewers, and chatters for your conversation. Hey, a couple good thoughts out there uh, that we may bring back into the conversation from Curtis Lewis and C.J. Watson uh, regarding earlier conversation. Um We'll, we'll keep it up. We'll also kick the can on the Heisman conversation. We'll pick up position grouping, uh, start with tight ends on tomorrow, see where we get uh, on a, a fire sale Friday. So, hey, lots to get to. 
Thanks for being a part of the show. I'm Martin Houston. That's Joe Gaither. That's Xavier Houston. Remember this, trust in the Lord always. Lean not your own understanding. Always acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Road tide, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Martin Houston Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, we got a couple of wrecks on the interstate. One 2059 eastbound before exit 89 at Mercedes. Also another one on 2059 westbound at 359 exit. If you see conditions, give me a call. Now you can get a lifetime powertrain warranty on a used vehicle, too, at no extra charge. From Townsend Nissan, they're your hometown dealer. I'm Captain Ray. Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa thread. Thursday morning, the Cobb County, Georgia District Attorney's Office will file a motion for reconsideration of a Georgia Supreme Court ruling that overturned the murder conviction of Tuscaloosa and Ross Harris. He was serving a life without parole sentence in the death of his 22-month-old son, Cooper, in 2014 when he left Cooper in a hot car in Atlanta. Click TuscaloosaThread.com. For more local news, sports, and weather coverage, it's absolutely free. Don Hartley, Town Square Media, Tuscaloosa. Hello, this is Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show. And I want to tell you about Tuscaloosa Custom Carving. If you're looking for a way to add value to your home, make your flower beds pop, make your landscaping stand out from your neighbors, then Tuscaloosa Custom Carving can help you do just that. They have numerous styles, but they feature the Moroccan Stone Curb Series, which includes four great styles and unlimited color choices. That's Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing. They are the one that can help you stand out from your neighbors. Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing, 205-331-6823. You may also find yourself with the need for a custom size stone or, or custom shaped stone. Then Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing can help with that as well. Paul Fuller and his team are waiting on your call right now for that free quote. And if you tell them that Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show told you to stop by, you'll get a big discount. So call Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing at 205-331-6823 or visit them online at Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing, LLC. Tide 100.9. Where on earth did he get that?